I am Alon Ben Mir and welcome to another episode of On the Issues. My guest today is Ahmed Zoni, Associate Professor of Political Science and International Affairs at Coppin State University and International Development and Transactional Attorney. You can find more information on the page of this episode. So the the point you know we, we started by suggesting you know that the this, the EU as well as the United States complain although obviously the EU supports uh, the Egyptian government financially so does the United States um, but they are in the same token they also complain bitterly about the human rights abuses that's mm-hmm. taking place in um, in Egypt. Under this current administration, the, the, the Mr. CC, CC, yeah. yeah. Uh, the question for for me was, and you know, I'm very, very concerned, obviously, about human rights. I mean, to me, this is a central issue. But the remedy that they think in terms of what do you do, other than you know criticizing, it's easy to criticize, it's easy to to preach the gospel of what's right and what's wrong. The question is the approach. That is, I don't think they have a clear understanding of the Egyptian domestic affairs, the internal dynamics. Exactly. The social and political dynamics within Egypt itself. And internal security And the internal security. See, um, okay. <laughs> no, no, it's a conversation. Yeah, it's a lot it of is questions a, and answers. conversation. Egypt is... Um, uh, unique uh, country, unique culture, all its history, uh, centralized government since the down 7,000 years ago, uh, centralized government. The economy is based on controlling the water and from the Nile, River Nile. So uh, the Egyptian culture since the down of history was always uh, favored, uh, centralized, yeah, central government, yeah. a, a strong centralized mm-hmm. government with the power to to protect its borders and the water irrigation system yeah. and exercise uh, the police power. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The police power uh, of the state is very uh, important notion in the Egyptian uh, government, okay? But uh, the history of Egypt uh, indicated that when the central government became weak, outside invaders came, and Egypt uh, taking over by many, by other empires, uh, Islamic empire, and after that the Ottoman, Empire after that the British after that 1952 revolution so very much the pattern is that the even the people they like to have very strong government okay what happened actually uh, since Bush administration the son okay he uh, he adopted new approach to foreign policy, which actually uh, the, the friendly 
countries or the countries who are getting uh, foreign aid from Egypt, uh, from the USA, should follow U.S. Uh, uh, program of uh, democratization. Political system, yeah. Uh, okay, so actually, yeah. okay. Uh, when you look to here, okay, there are we uh, our political culture here and democracy uh, is born here in this country. Is we learned it uh, through the practice all over two hundred maybe forty years mm -hmm. or uh, something. So it, it is really coming from within. It's inherent with the United States. Right. I mean, the United States was built very early on on the, the, on the Constitution, democracy. There is constitution. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the notion of the rule of law is right. is very important. The first, the first amendment, uh, the freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom mm -hmm. of the press, freedom, freedom of association are part of our life. Okay. Mm -hmm. In Egypt, Egypt was misfortune. See, from uh, 400 year, years under the Ottoman Empire, okay, claiming that the Khalifa is ruling, That's right. uh, uh, empowered by God to, to yeah. rule, to uh, 1922, uh, semi-independence from the British, Okay, but the British ambassador continued to be uh, a major player in Egyptian mm -hmm. politics. Uh, the British, under the British guidance, they introduced constitution, which actually was very weak constitution, and uh, not because of the British, actually, because King Fouad, uh, in this time, he wanted to have the power uh, of the, he asked the constitutional or constituent assembly to come up with a constitution will, which will give him the power like the American mm -hmm. president yeah. and the British king in this time. So combine, combining both. Right, okay. Right, yeah. So this trend is reflected in 1922 constitution uh, after King Fuad, his son King Farouk, yeah. he followed the same thing and actually uh, and things got complicated during World War II, okay so actually but the actual ruler in Egypt was the British ambassador he used to change, ask, it, ask the king to change the cabinet or appoint yeah. prime minister, particular prime minister. And when the king, Farouk, 22 years old, in this time, he challenged the British ambassador when he refused to appoint Nahas Pasha. Okay, the uh, British ambassador, uh, he marched tanks and he surrounded King Farouk palace either you, you appoint the man we want him to be the prime minister or give up the throne mm -hmm. okay so 
so actually the king in this time he uh, he obeyed uh, he obeyed the british uh, ambassador and since this time bitterness in the egyptian army particularly mm -hmm. uh, from the fact that they saw their king you know being overpowered yeah. and the egyptian army couldn't do anything to uh, to protect him from the British uh, ambassador in Cairo, and after that it came Palestinian war, Arab-Israeli. And this is, this is planted the seed, of course, for the yeah. revolution. Revolution. Subsequently, and in 1952, by, uh, by Jamal Abdel. Jamal Abdel That's right. So actually, 1952 revolution. They claim revolution, but the same system continued, but. The king uh, has executive power uh, uh, under uh, 1922 constitution, and the president, who came from the military, mm -hmm. has uh, yeah assume power. assume the same power. In fact, even more. Right. Even more. That is Abdel Nasser came. Kamal Abdel Nasser. There's one important factor I have to incorporate it into our conversation here is that uh, from 1928 until 1952 there was very strong social and political movement led by Hassan al-Banna. Hassan al-Banna, that's right, yes. Brotherhood, Muslim Brotherhood, uh -huh. actually, and his slogan was to fight the British, that's right. okay? So actually the three officers, including Nasser, they worked it with Hassan and Banna and the Muslim Brotherhood against the British in the Suez Canal until 1952 revolution when Nasser took power, first Nagib and after that Nasser took power and Nasser he wanted, he invited them to join his cabinet and participate in the, be part of the government. Absolutely, yeah. And declare that their movement is you know what i mean public movement mm -hmm. political party mm -hmm. they refused and they refused they said no because they don't uh, their ideology is that they don't uh, want to look only at egypt political boundaries mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're they're they are loyal to the islamic Ummah, yeah, the Islamic Ummah, the Islamic community, yeah, which yeah. outside of Egyptian uh, po political boundaries. And Nasser he tried again with them, and he sat down, talk with their Murshid, supreme guide. So uh, asked him, sir, uh, what do you want exactly from us as the free officers who in this time they constituted the governing authority. Uh, Council of mm -hmm. the country. He told him that we have to establish Islamic rule. Islamic yeah. rule. So it means that uh, he asked him, as a ruler now, as a president, you should ask all women in Egypt to wear well, uh, yeah. veil, mm -hmm. hijab. So uh, as a ruler, uh, women should stay at home, take care of the children not work you should shut down everything is western they don't want 
movie cinemas you know what i mean theaters mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. artifacts so president nasser told their supreme leader sir i know that you have a daughter in the medical school and she is not wearing wearing hijab uh-huh. okay your own daughter is not wearing hijab how you want me to ask 20 million women in egypt to wear hijab mm-hmm. see what i mean yeah Yeah. So actually, uh, after that, uh, they refused to join power, to share power with Nasser. Because Nasser, after 1952 revolution, he needed the Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah, he, because, was, he was courting them. He was courting because them. They, yeah. they are the only organized and That's disciplined right. yeah. uh, social movement in the country. Yeah. And not corrupt like other political parties. You know, in this time, okay, this is this is his views, okay. So actually, he gave them hand to join yeah. the government, and but actually, they didn't want. They want either their own way, no, and, and, either uh, one way or the highway. Or highway. So <laughs> yeah, when Nasser refused, they tried to kill him uh-huh. in 1954. That's right. Okay. The same time, 1954-55, uh, Israel was uh, sending, and I'm sure you know, the Lavon affairs mm-hmm. in Egypt. Mm-hmm. The uh, defense minister of Israel, without the knowledge of uh, the prime minister, uh, Ben-Gurion, in this time, he... He conducted a terrorist operation, which he recruited Egyptian Jewish, you know, to, he sent people from Israel, I believe, intelligent officers, plus they recruited local Jewish and they planned bombs in public place to, to actually destabilize the system. So Nasser in 1954, With the threat coming from the Islamic Brotherhood and the Israeli, they start to penetrate their intelligence service very successful. Uh, they conducted very successful uh, terrorist attacks in Egypt. He asked his uh, colleague, the Kareya Mohaiddin, to establish security system, which you now we call it the deep state. Mm-hmm. The deep state doesn't apply here. Like some in the Washington Post, oh, they well, start then, using... No, no, no. no. Of course not. Yeah, it it doesn't mean, apply there uh, here because yeah. we are a democratic system here and uh, our open society. But actually, uh, he, he structured a new uh, security system, okay, which was the core... of this security system is the Ministry of Interior. The Ministry yeah. of Interior in charge of the police. And since the British, the British used the Egyptian police against to, uh, to protect their interests in Egypt. But many Egyptian police officers, they did not follow the rules of the British. So actually after Nasser, Uh, in fact, I have to mention this to the history. 
الوفد government in 1951 they ended the Anglo-Egyptian Treaty of mm-hmm. 1936 and they declared that the British should leave the Suez Canal and Fuad Sraguddin the Minister of Interior he gave permission to three police officers in the police academy to take leave of absence and go organize uh, fighters against the British. This, all this before 1952 revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually Nasser came to power, as I mentioned, the Brotherhood, the uh, Lavon affairs, and uh, okay, and also the members of the elite class who owned uh, who were five percent of the population and owned ninety-five, ninety-two, ninety-three 93% of the total wealth. So he has to establish very strong police system, centralized police system. The Ministry of Interior was uh, restructured and they established uh, which later on became equivalent to the NSA here. And he established the equivalent of the Central Intelligence Agency. In fact, the American were very close to Nasser in the beginning under Eisenhower. In oh, fact, yes, very close. Uh, yeah, okay. And actually, they are the one who's, who uh, trained the first Egyptian intelligence here okay yeah but what happened in uh, 1956 you know i mean yeah. with the nationalization of the suez canal right and the invasion and basically the attack oh. of france and uh, right united states and, and uh, so i mean britain and israel uh, that was really the breaking point as far as the yeah, relationship the break, between the egyptian and the west uh, and the west but also the circumstances of egypt the external and the internal circumstances required the creation of very strong police system yeah and it's still and jail system yeah okay yeah. Uh, the jail system is uh, administered by the ministry of interior but also master to the fair he he is the one who approved a new program for police officer who was very concerned about human rights mm-hmm. master to the degree that he approved a new educational program at the police academy in Cairo where each cadet will not be officer until he will complete two programs. First, police science, second, law in Ain Shams University, law degree. So Egyptian police officers are the most educated, not only in the Arab countries, but in the world. Yeah, they have two. See what I mean? A police officer cannot be commissioned officer until he will complete law degree from Enchamps University, which is equal here to Harvard University. Enchamps, uh, they selected Enchamps because of its name. Second, it is near the police academy in the in this area. Okay, I say, and and he said because 
Nasser himself, he suffered from the police when he was a student. He used to demonstrate yeah. against the British. He got caught. He, he was put in detention. You know what I mean? So he wanted police officer to be educated. Okay? Yeah. No, I, I, I know. So actually, the, the police officers in Egypt are the most educated officers in the country. So the original project was to to produce police officers who will be the agents of the of the regime to uh, exercise the police power of the state but uh, he has to be gentle he has to be educated but actually uh, the british culture prior to the 1952 revolution imposed itself on the bureaucracy of the Minister of Interior. The, the British were in Egypt for 72 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, during the 20s and 30s, the supervisory positions in the Ministry of Interior were British, not Egyptians. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? So they started culture, you know what I mean, to advance their own interests, the British. This continued until 19. 52 revolution. In fact, the first class of the police academy with a low degree finished their degree in 1957. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let me let me take this a little now to the more, more modern times. Yeah. When when um, um, following the Suez Canal mm -hmm. and eventually the death of Abdel Nasser mm -hmm. and the takeover by Anwar Sadat, uh, the internal conditions within Egypt started to shift somewhat. But but the apparatus that you have just suggested pretty much remained the same under Anwar Sadat. See, Sadat, uh, President uh, Sadat, he succeeded Nasser from a charismatic leader. Nasser was tall, handsome yeah. to Sadat, I was working in Cairo airport when Nasser passed away and I was succeeded by Sadat. Uh, the people who were working in Cairo airport, even officers, they didn't want to uh, salute him <laughs> when he used to come from the airport. Officers, they, many of them they didn't want to, because it was sharp contrast be between yeah. President Nasser and Sadat. Sadat he invited the Brotherhood to join, to uh, to leave the jails. See Nasser, 1945, after they tried to kill him and he survived, he put all their leaders in uh, either under house arrest or in jail. Or yeah. in jail. Yeah. So Ken said that he succeeded him. He needed them to counterbalance uh, Nasser supporters because Nasser dies but his ideology mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. culture of his yeah. regime continued to be well, well because he also you know, had a uh, more like pan-Arab vision right pan-Arab uh, you know, so now yeah. Sadat was preparing to fight Israel yeah you know in 1973 mm -hmm. and and he needed the support of all social groups particularly the Muslim Brotherhood. So 
He freed them from jail. He allowed them to publish a newspaper. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. and he used them to counterbalance to offset the power of the youth, particularly schools, you know, universities, who were still conditioned by Nasser ideology. It ended up, it backfired on Sadat. Well, it did, you know, especially following the Yom Kippur War. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, the, when he moves toward peace. The peace treaty, you see, the, the Muslim Brotherhood. It was really a break in, uh, you know, that was a main fallout. Right. Uh, see, yeah. uh, Sadat, uh, from my view, was really pragmatic. He uh, he put line between Egyptian national interest and the Palestinian national interest, and he said, I, "I want to fight to regain my Egyptian land." Okay, and after that, peace. Okay, but in the process, he allowed the Muslim Brotherhood to get to participate in the policy process. Okay, and. Things went well for him, just okay. for a while. For a while, it did until not last. Yeah. until his yeah. uh, trip to right. Israel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And here again, they uh, conspired against him. See, the Muslim Brotherhood. Not many people here in this country know the Muslim Brotherhood uh, is umbrella organization of all Islamic uh, uh, trends or movements uh, not only in egypt but in the middle east this is in, in fact you can read book public by published by dr nathan brown doctor he's in george washington university mm -hmm. professor the, he wrote book about muslim brotherhood in fact he succeeded in one thing i failed to do i wanted to publish book about the muslim brotherhood Okay, but I went to Egypt and I couldn't get permission to conduct research. Let, 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 me, let me take it a little further yeah. because so that I want to discuss more, more of our current events, uh, and if it's okay with you. Uh, sure. Uh, what, what, let's, you know, I think, I think Sadat was uh, extremely pragmatic mm -hmm. and he was concerned about the Palestinian issue, just the same. And during the negotiation with Israel, actually, he, he invited, invited them. He invited the Palestinians to come to the negotiation. He invited table, them, and they, and they refused. And they refused. Their but problem. He, he went ahead. His approach, I think, was a brilliant in a sense when mm -hmm. it came to the. Based on my understanding, you know, you can you tell mm -hmm. me otherwise. When he decided to initiate the war, Yom Kippur War, I think Anwar Sadat knew very well that he's not going to be able to defeat Israel. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know. He knew that. Mm -hmm. But he initiated the war for a good, for different and more important reason. To reach peace. Yeah. He wanted peace. Yeah. But he did mm -hmm. not want to negotiate with Israel any peace treaty from a position from of weak support, point. From a weak point. From a strong point. So what Kissinger then and President Nixon mm -hmm. brilliantly did, basically denied Israel a total military victory. victory yeah. Even though Sharon at the time yeah. was ready to destroy the yeah. third the Egyptian yeah. third army. Mm -hmm. So this is what happened. So Kissinger came in and said, right. refused to supply Israel with more weapons and more ammunition and said, 
you cannot destroy the Egyptian Third Army mm. under any Because if you did, it will be only a question of time when there's going to be another war, another war. between Egypt, Egypt yeah. and Israel. And that was enough. I, at the time I was studying, to me that was a, a point of departure, historic point of departure. I said my friend, I was a student, just mm -hmm. a student, said, this is the beginning of the peace between Israel and the Palestinians. Yeah. He said, you're crazy. It was just mm -hmm. a war, look what happened. I said, look, the Egyptian people wanted to negotiate from a position of strength. Yeah. Kissinger made it possible by giving them the political victory, at least, mm -hmm. by allowing the Egyptian military to stay on the east side of the canal Right. during that war. Now, what happened subsequently then, the breakout, of course, the fallout between Assad, Sadat and the, I mean, Mubarak and the, and the Muslim Brotherhood. See, um, what left, okay, uh, Mubarak, he continued uh, he the start, same, same policy. Uh, see, Mubarak, see, uh, by the end of Sadat regime, the deep state became so powerful. I'm talking here about the deep state means that what? The uh, Ministry of Interior, the Egyptian Intelligence Service, uh, which it has two wings, one for uh, two arms, for uh, uh, foreign intelligence and domestic intelligence, the agency of administrative control, another police agent, the agency for public mobilization, statistics, door, and other arm in the Ministry of Local Government. All of them uh, either army officer or pol yeah. police officer. So if, those yeah. are the deep state. Okay, the deep state is the one is really... Uh, ruling Egypt. Right. Let me just take it back yeah. because I don't, you know, let me just take it back to the current situation. Mm -hmm. That's where... CC. With the CC. Now, the question is, it faces today, CC, is the, obviously, the, the economic problems as right. far as Egypt is concerned. And notwithstanding all the aids being received from the United States, the European Union, from the Saudis and others, the, the revenue mm -hmm. from the canal Suez and all of that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Egypt is in need of tremendous amount of more, more uh, than uh, foreign investors. We're we talking more of a serious investment yeah. in Egypt to create jobs, to create mm -hmm. opportunity. But let me just take it for a few minutes back to the issue of, of uh, I believe myself, sincerely I believe in human rights, but my take on the current situation is the introduction again of democratic form of government. I myself in 2011, before that, I said the United States is foolish to try to push for election and all of that because the only group who is going to win this election Brother. are the Muslims because they are the most yeah. organized, mm -hmm. they are all in place. There were no secular political parties organized to be able to compete, yeah. to, to rival with, with the Muslim Brotherhood. Right. So it was quite obvious to, to anyone who's observer of the, of the Egyptian scene that the Muslims are going to win. Right. And you know well, better than anyone else, what happened a year later, uh, they could not deliver on any promises because mm -hmm. the means were not there. Even with right. the best of intention, they could not deliver. And when Sisi called on the people, if you don't like the government, Come to the streets, right? And ten million Egyptians. Give me uh, yeah. delegation. It yeah. was them. Uh, I, I, I recorded uh, yeah. every yeah. Uh, th th thing. So uh, El Sisi 
uh, if I am from him now, I will act the same. My question to you today is about Sisi. My question to you today is, does Sisi have, in fact, any other option? Does it, we can say, you know, election, no election. The truth of the matter is, he is facing these major, major economic problems. It, and it's going to be with him for a while. It's right. not something going to be resolved in a week or yeah. two or a or year or two. It's going to mm -hmm. be for, for a while. Is What is, you know, because the United States, the European community, separate between the two. They say, well, if we want to aid, we want them to, we want him to follow the rules, human rights, this, human and right. all of the requirements. My, my approach is that I'm 100% for human rights. I'm saying... Me also. My, what I'm saying to the here, I said, look, you need to separate between the two issues. You need to provide the kind of help that Egypt needs, economically speaking. Very Encourage strong. investment and all of that, notwithstanding the turmoil, terrorism and all of that. Because if you want, if Egypt is the anchor of peace, of stability in the region, right. with it, with specifically because of the peace also with Israel, you cannot afford but to support the Sisi government, notwithstanding right. anything else that's happened. Right. And engage, engage, as when it comes to human rights, engage them quietly that is exactly. have a constructive engagement Absolutely. on a quietly instead of making a big noise about it and that is what i've been preaching you're don't, a wise man <laughs> don't push for democracy don't push for this because this is a premature i love and democracy when well, i mentioned this morning you know we're talking about syria and all of that unless there is strong economic foundation and there's a jobs, jobs, opportunities, education, healthcare. This is, so in the wake of the election, when Morsi was elected, the people woke up, well, I'm free, I can vote, I can scream, I can shout. But no jobs. But where's, it, where's the food? Where is the food? Where's the yeah. opportunity? Yeah. So do you agree with, with the approach I'm Absolutely. trying to... Absolutely. You are a wise man. Okay. And also the personality of the Egyptians. Yeah. They don't like dictate things from outside because even the meaning of democracy or what constitute democracy please pick up any book in political science okay there is no agreement on the meaning of of, of course of democracy, democracy. No, what constitute 20 different definitions uh, 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 of democracy there's no question 200 okay? yeah yeah uh, different okay uh, democracy in the context of, uh, of the American regime and the constitution, it will be different from what Egyptian they want. It's, it's different even with other democracies in the EU. England even yeah. are different yeah. from England. Here, separation of powers in England, the mission different. is different. different. Yeah. So actually, what if I am from CC now, you're right. I improve for the economy, okay? Uh, create jobs because uh, curb inflation, okay? And uh, crack down on the terrorist attack. See what happened? But he, but one year, doing that. see, I know one year Morsi was in power. He invited to Egypt, see, he was not sure of uh, that the Egyptian army and the police will 
protect him. So he invited, to the best of my knowledge, I'm in Egypt, I go back and forth, have members of my family, they serve in the army and the police. He invited more than 30,000 uh, jihadists yeah. from Iran and from all over the world, and he stationed them in Sinai so that they will be, you know, in case in case he need them, right, they right. will be a slight, a slight militia uh, yeah. for oh, yeah. them. No, but he's now also working with Israel. I mean, it's the first time you Israeli know, Air Force actually was working with Egypt. Working with Egypt with, and yeah. coordinating yeah. Uh, yeah. the, yeah. And uh, I'm aware since uh, the very beginning of, uh, of Sisi, uh, Ryan, that he, he has open communication. I mean, the relationship between Ryan. Israel and Egypt today has never been yeah. closer. I have just one important question for you, and that is, do you feel in your heart of hearts that Sisi is really committed to economic development and he is trying also to weed out, to deal with, with um, of course, he's doing it with, terror, with terrorism, but in terms of um, reducing, eliminating corruption from within. He is. Is uh, he doing this genuinely from he, your perspective? He is trying hard. I would say to. But the, you think he has the best of intentions? He has the best uh, of intentions. I I don't uh, doubt that he has the best of intention. He he activated uh, one of the deep state organizations and gives them a blank check to go after corruption. Right, right. The Ministry of uh, Administrative Control, Idarit Al-Raqaba Al-Idariya. Al-Idariya, So actually, he is after corruption, but the, the magnitude of the challenges Egypt has large, okay? Particularly yeah. the, uh, the one-year Muslim Brotherhood, Morsi was in power, you know what I mean? He uh, he tried to change the culture. He uh, he invited uh, thirty thousand jihadists from all over the world to come to Egypt. And I have one member of my family is working in Cairo Airport. He told me we got instructions to let them in from the from the uh, VIP uh, entrance. People yeah, coming with long yeah, yeah, beard, you know, yeah. from Afghanistan here there, and he stationed them in China. See what I mean? Between, ah, so uh, the strong. So uh, if I am from him, he, uh, his first job is to strengthen the state first. Okay, catch. I mean, this is what he's. I mean, I mean, the yeah. fact that he. You know, declare the Muslim Brotherhood not to be you know no longer legal, illegal organization. Yeah, and and do you agree with that move? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, please, I'm sure. Please, uh, if you can get hold the uh, book of Doctor Nathan Brown of uh, Nathan Brown. No, Russia. I'm familiar with him. You have I'm familiar. The Absolutely. He yeah. has. He he is the only scholar who has the opportunity to interview all the their leaders. I tried, and I almost got arrested in Egypt when I was there, uh, uh, like uh, 15 years ago. Okay, but he succeeded. Why? Because he managed somehow to do it. So you know, I, I, I want to continue this with you. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, thank you. Thank you. We nice sure we will yes, get together yes, again. Yes. I want to converse with you a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you for listening to this episode on the issues. You can find this podcast on my SoundCloud page. And stay tuned to my social media accounts for the latest analysis and announcements.